Hello and welcome back to Wrong Opinions Only with your hosts Justin and Kayla and we are back to you with a movie review week this time, Kayla. Yes, it is time and we picked an interesting one or shall I say I picked an interesting one which was patriotic films. I feel like it would have been way better picked in July, you know, tis the season, but we picked it a little early and it was a struggle for me. Was it a struggle for you to find a good patriotic film? And I say it's a struggle because I wanted it to be patriotic and not necessarily not necessarily military because we had done that already. So I didn't want to kind of tag onto that. But patriotism and war kind of just go hand in hand. And I think that probably says a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had the same thought, Kayla. I was like, oh, we can have some pretty good ones here. And then I was like, these are all pretty much war movies. And I was trying not to just be derivative of movies we've already done on the episode. So I was trying to switch it up a little bit. And uh, The Patriot was an obvious one I almost gave you. But, you know, maybe not Mel Gibson right now. Who knows? I don't know if that's going to ever age well. But that movie is really good. <laughs> so we uh, we kind of struggled because I've seen quite a bit of them. You've seen quite a bit of them. So to find movies the other hasn't seen that is a little bit unique was a bit of a stretch for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I was trying. I don't think we fully got out of the military aspect of it, but I think we had enough variety or like something that wasn't just what you may expect that I think will make for an interesting episode. And let's just get right to the films. So you gave me Independence Day. I know. Had not seen it, which is available on video on demand. And I gave you The Wind That Shakes the Barley, which is available on AMC Plus, if you have it. And why don't we talk about why we assigned the film to each other? So you start. Why did you give me Independence Day? <laughs> well, because you haven't seen it. It's got mm -hmm. a couple big name actors, and it's in that time period that we're all nostalgic for right now. 1996 is probably our favorite year of films. I feel like every time we do this, it's a 1996 movie. You got young will smith you got jeff goldblum it's just vivica a fox is in it bill pullman like it, at his height here it's a patriotic film but it's not fighting another country it involves aliens so it's a little bit of a twist on it because it's like global unity as opposed to just nationalism unity so i, I thought that was kind of interesting yes it certainly was as i'll get into so i gave you the wind that shakes the barley because I was trying to get out of the U.S. Like, I was trying to see what other European patriotic films. Unfortunately, I already gave you the Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk, because that would have been a good one. Um, but I was like, I want something different. I love Ireland. I'm obsessed with Ireland accents. And we got Killian coming into a film coming up soon in Oppenheimer. So I just, I find myself keep bringing in little drops from Oppenheimer because I'm so freaking excited for that movie to come out in July. Um, and it was about, you know, a story I've seen a couple times in different movies. Um, it's sentimental from the trailer. I had to watch it for the first time, too. And I just thought this is going to be something different. I mean, it's not like a typical U.S. World War II, World War One movie. So um, Ireland's history sometimes can be, you know, it's it's as dark as any other country who's, who's been to war, especially, you know, between itself and Britain, uh, tale as old as time. So, yeah, I just thought, mm, I don't know. The, the title alone I thought might have scared you away. The title is <laughs> might be the worst title in the history of movies. <laughs> the Wind That Shakes the Barley. Like, really? 
Just terrible title, guys. Just poetry, come up with something Justin. Better. God, where's your sense of literature? You know, words are so pretty. Independence Day. Okay, oh you know, so on the nose, which I'll go into. <laughs> All right. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start in my review or your review? I'll start first, Kayla. Okay. I'm scared. Why, Kayla? You, you, <laughs> did you not love the wind that shakes the barley? I did really like it, but usually when I like something, it's not the same for you. So let's see. Go ahead. Good old uh, TWTSTB, as we like to call it, uh, <laughs> wind that shakes the barley fans here. Yeah, the wind that shakes the barley. I, I'm just never going to get over it. And I was like, maybe it's based on a book. Nope. They just came up with that name for the movie. And the, the movie kind of opens up with, oh, look, here's some barley shaking in the wind. I go, really, guys? That, that's what we're doing here. So 2006 film, a little over two hours. It was uh, written by Paul Laverty, and the director was Ken Loach, who never really came over to Hollywood, like the Western Hemisphere here. He's been primarily does a lot of European films, documentaries, a lot of things kind of based on true historical events. This is uh, one of the bigger films he's done. And I say that kind of in quotation marks here because the budget was a little over $8 million. It did under $2 million U.S. and worldwide because, you know, it's a big Irish story. Britain, United Kingdom, it probably cleaned up over there. Not quite. It did about $23 million total in a gross world. So uh, not really a killer in the box office, Caleb. So it won... The uh, I can never say this properly, but at the Cannes Film Festival, it won the uh, Palme d'Or. Is that how you say it, Kayla? Thank you, Kayla. And then, uh, you know, some Irish film and television awards. Nothing uh, too major. It is a pretty kind of niche film about Irish independence. Like you mentioned, it was a pretty interesting cast. You had uh, Killian Murphy playing Damien, who's the kind of lead character here. You had uh, Teddy O'Donovan, which was played by good old uh, Padraig Delaney. So you have to get the Irish folks in as much as possible. Dan is a fun character in the movie, and he was played by the same guy that played Davos in Game of Thrones. So that was a nice little, uh, you see him in his younger days pop up, which was pretty interesting. And uh, a little fun fact about the movie I thought was interesting all the British soldiers in the movie were played by ex-British soldiers. So that was kind of like an interesting, probably kept costs low too. And you had people that were really authentic to the role. All right. So uh, before I go into more detail, you want to count me down for my little quick recap, Kayla. I sure do. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. 1920 Ireland, Damien is getting ready to leave to practice medicine in London. Then out of nowhere, British soldiers harass them at their home and kill a 17-year-old for basically no reason. Damien witnesses the abuse of power again at the train station and decides to join his brother Teddy in the IRA to fight for Ireland. Guerrilla warfare ensues and they kill British convoys and steal their weapons. Someone reveals their location to the Brits. They get caught and Teddy is tortured by tearing off his fingernails. A British soldier or originally from Ireland helps them escape, but they had to leave three behind who eventually get tortured and executed. Damien kills the two people that snitched to the Brits. British forces burn down the farmhouse and start scalping Sinead. Damien's girl as the IRA members watch from the woods because they don't have any ammo. The Anglo-Irish Treaty gets signed and the IRA faction splinters over the terms. What are they going to do? It leads to an Irish civil war with Damien and Teddy on opposite sides. Teddy's crew ends up killing Dan and taking Damien hostage to find out where they are keeping their weapons. Damien refuses to give up names and or the location and Teddy, his brother, has him executed in a heart-wrenching scene to close out the movie. The end, Kayla. 55 seconds. There we go. Under a minute. And, uh, yeah, there, 
I didn't think the movie was very fun. I'll, I'll be honest. You read the quick description, and I was like, this sounds interesting. I think I could get into this. And then I started watching it, and I was not. I had to watch it in like three sittings. I just could not sit down for over two hours straight. So was it not fun because of the story, like just the story of what it was about? Or are you saying like the film itself, like the act, like, I guess the film the, what itself, part of it I, were you not in? I found the story interesting. Like the concept is there for me. It's, you know, Ireland, they're fighting for their independence. It's the 1919 to like 1922 range. So early 20s. And I thought there was just a lot of meat on the bone, but they followed Damien and his brother, Teddy, and like, you know, a handful of uh, their friends that were in the the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, who are fighting for independence. But they don't really get into the weeds on a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, they uh, they trap a convoy, they kill a few guys in terrible action sequences. Like the gunshots and stuff, it looks like, something I could have filmed. It, it just was not very good action sequences in my opinion. And then it's just like, okay, that's done. Now we just see them talking at a house a few days later. Okay. And now they're going to uh, find a convoy again. It just, it seemed a little disjointed to me. And with how the film was like, it starts with the initial Ireland fighting for independence from the United Kingdom. And then with like, 30 minutes to go in the movie. It's like, oh, the Anglo-Irish treaty was signed. Woohoo. And then I'm like, there's 30 minutes left. What What's going on? It's like, oh, but not everybody is happy because they do not want to be, what's it? What's the term? A dominion of the United Kingdom, which is basically like their own state, but under, you know, United Kingdom rule, I guess. So they just had 30 minutes where it was like Irish on Irish crime at the end on who was going to take over. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like they could have either made it a longer movie, which I would not have recommended, or really like beefed up the action sequences here. Got us a little bit more background into the story. Like we're led to believe Damien is like this really bright, he's going to become a doctor, but you see him kind of caring for people when they get hurt and that's about it. And then he essentially gets turned into his brother by the end of the movie and his brother has shifted sides because he doesn't want any more bloodshed so it's like what i don't know i it just it was missing something that connected everything together for me so i have i have follow-ups so if you i don't know how much you know on like the ireland independence and all right all that if you did you have a context for that when you went to see it because i wonder if that if that makes a difference either way whether you kind of know the origins of that and then that way like it's a story in a in a time you know versus like i want to know what the heck is going on here because i don't you know i don't know too much about this you tell me yeah i did not have a lot of uh history with what was happening in ireland at that time i had like general like are they were fighting british for rule but I, i didn't know any of the specifics so when they announced the treaty and it was still kind of a civil war that erupted after that that was pretty new to me. So that's why I was kind of thrown off by the pacing of the movie when it got to that point. Cause I was like, Oh, this is the end, but it's not really the end. If you know what I'm saying? So that, that threw me off. I wish I knew more about the history. Maybe it would have been a little bit more interesting to me. I just, I wanted more out of the characters. Like they follow Damien, Teddy's his brother, but we don't get a lot of background. We don't get a lot of 
you know, even a scene of them talking about their childhood, it's all we get is at the end, like you were always the smart one and I wasn't like, maybe we get some, some more rapport built between them or him and Dan. I I love the guy who was playing Dan and we don't really get much besides he was a, uh, he was the train conductor that got beat up early in the movie from the British forces. I wanted them to be humanized a little bit more so that I was more interested in their cause, I guess. But Kayla's a big uh, British fan, so she was probably just rooting for Britain to take them all out. Um, Yeah, I am a fan of Britain, but I'm not a fan of Britain's history. I, I did take quite a few European history classes, including British imperialism. So I've, I've spent some time um, on many areas that, that Britain kind of took over, but Ireland was certainly one. And so um, I kind of knew a little bit more of the historical context for, I guess, the start. And of course, I knew post with the IRA between Northern and Southern Ireland. I knew that was an ongoing thing. So I was like, okay. I too, when I got to that point, I was like, okay, there must be, you know, like, I find it hard to believe this whole group at this point of this movie, they're all like, okay, yeah, like, we'll just be good in the South. And then, you know, the Northern Ireland is SOL. So I think that gave me a little more of like, just appreciating the people versus like, yeah, what the heck is going on in this time period? Or like, what, you know, what, I guess, what either side we're passionate about, you know, a whole side of Ireland that was like, at this point, I'm sick of like my family dying. So if this is keeping the peace, like I don't care. And some people wanted the protections that Britain brought. They certainly brought um, terrible things, as you see in the movie. So I, I agree. I listen. I love more context, especially with family relationships with the brothers, because it's so it's such a tense, sad scene in the end that it would have meant more if you saw maybe them growing up, because. You know, his brother's so much more radicalized and he is more, you know, Damien's more um, socialist, you know, Democrat, Democratic. And he's just he's like, I don't want any part of this. And really, the only parts you get in that is when his brother talks to him before he's about to get on the train to the hospital to work. And then obviously he witnesses even more so more than his friends getting bullied and his friend dying it almost took like, man, I can't even get on a train to really leave without this impeding my life. And so it's hard to like get on a train and then leave everyone when this is happening. So I I, I could understand it from that quick moment, but I would have loved more. I think it would have meant more at the end Yeah. when his brother is like begging him, like, please, please, please. If I saw more of their relationship, because did his brother feel guilt at being the one to draw him in? I mean, literally swear him in to the IRA. Like, I mean, you kind of were the centerpiece. It also reminded me of Sons of Anarchy too, you know, when they had the whole plot line with giving the yeah. Irish guns. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I agree. I, I would have loved more of that, but it was just, it was very, it could be slow at times, but it was quick paced as far as like, we kill these guys. They kill our guys. I have this love interest. She gets hurt. We get together. We lose we lose it. Like it was very like, it wasn't this grand light. There was a love story, but it wasn't, it was barely there kind of. So that wasn't like this arc of like sadness, you know, it seemed so contained in small stakes to me because Mm -hmm. they popped around to like a handful of different spots, but it was like, they keep going to this farmhouse. And then there was this other house that was kind of in the mountains. And it, it just seemed like it's all right. We got, 10 guys that are walking around and they've killed a dozen or two dozen people, the British 
army like that have come in with weapons or materials or whatever like it it just seems so small scale when they're talking about all of ireland trying to go trying to fight for their independence but we're only following you know a handful of guys here that seems like they're popping around to three different spots not very uh great when they're trying to hide from people that are looking for them so i just I wanted it to feel like bigger stakes because it is big stakes. They're fighting for their independence, right? And it just seemed too small scale to me. And even at the end where you have Damien and his brother and that kind of heart-wrenching scene, it just, to me, early in the movie, you have everybody gets caught. Teddy gets his fingernails torn off. They don't say anything. And somebody that was in the British army is uh, originally from like a town in Ireland, he frees them. So he like goes out on a limb to free them. But then in the end, you have Damien's own brother who brought him into this life and is the basically the reason that he is where he is today is not letting his brother go. He's like, no, we need to send a message and I need to be the one that does it. Why? It's it, You're just killing one of your own here because cuz why cuz they uh they stole some weapons from you at a different spot like it's your it's your brother and you don't have any humanity to try to do something to save him even though some random stranger saved a whole lot of you a couple hours ago in the movie it just yeah it, it's tough to to kind of understand how that happens even his brother who Damien who offered and said that he was Teddy so that he would get hurt, you know, like when he was crying at the end. So of course at the end he's, he's, he's rope tied up to the post getting ready to get shot. And his brother's like, has these tears. He's like, you're still time. And he's like, yeah, no, I'd rather die. And so he goes back and, and the, one of the captains like, Oh, we can give the order like to basically kill your brother if you want to. And he's like, no. And then he called, I'm like, how the hell, why did you not step out? Why did you have to be the one? Your, it wasn't like your brother was like, I want you to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I want, I could see that, but he didn't. I have no clue why he had to be the one to be like, shoot. That was wild to me. I had like no sympathy for him in that moment. You know, on the one hand, like you're saying, it 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 was like the war, but condensed because it wasn't like their group was meeting up with, all these other groups and you were getting a sense of, wow, look how large the ROA IRA in its initial, because it then branched off later on after the treaty into even mm. separate kind of IRA groups. You, you get to, wow, this is like a really a ton of, you know, Irish born people are, are coming together and doing this. But on the other hand, I thought it worked well with the people that died because like he had Chris who helped him and then ultimately the British kind of bullied him to reveal where they were. And then he ended up escaping and killing him. And he's talking about how he's a doctor. He helps people. And now he's become this person that had to tell, bring the kid he killed, grew up with, knew all his life, bring him his body to his mother, knowing he killed him. She knowing he killed him. And she's like, I never want to see you again. And like, who, I've lost my sense of self. And you only get that when you start with a group and you just keep losing a group versus like, who was Chris again? Who was Donovan? You know, because True. they're all, they're all together. So it was such a, like, these are the boys I grew up with. My family were fighting for something. And then I'm, uh, there's no one, you know, at, at the end towards there. So it's just, 
it works both ways, I think, and against it too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point to think about it because then you're kind of a little bit more in the weeds on on those individual people. One thing I do uh, do enjoy is the little bit of humanity in the chaos and inhumanity that's happening, where it's like, hey, write your letters. Yeah, we're gonna kill you, but we're gonna allow you to write uh, farewell letters to your family, and and we'll deliver them in person because that's just what we do. And then the people we deliver them to are going to be like, well, I never want to see you again. Get out of here. And then that's just it. And that happened like three times in the movie. It's just like, okay. And then they just leave and there's no repercussions otherwise. That was hilarious. Cause it was just like, they also, the people who are about to get shot by their friends also tr- knew that they would really deliver it to their families. Like they felt confident in their killers, soon to be killers to be like, you'll give this to my wife or my parents. I mean, it was like, Jesus, you know, I mean, they're still like, but we're still, you know, we're still family, you know? It's like, yeah, I respect you as somebody who's Irish, but you screwed us over. So I, I am going to have to kill you, but at least you can say goodbye nicely in your own words. Here you go. (laughs) And that kid was so resigned. He was so young and he was so resigned to like, yeah, I know you have to kill me. I mean, that is... I mean, you can see how torn he was when he just like turn around like he's just like, this is already difficult. But I mean, that was tragic. What I appreciate, too, is that the film had women in it, maybe not primarily, but like showed the different ways that people fought that wasn't necessarily a gun in hand from, you know, an Irish court trying to hold on to their ruling and keep things, you know, civil and they're fighting in their own way, holding secrets, keeping people, hiding them in their houses, uh, which they can be killed for and bad things happen when they do. But also calling them out, yells at Damien, who tries to like, you know, soften a court decision is like, no, you can't have it both ways. I can't, you can't be this rebellion and not protect some important things like judging, you know, by our own country judging, you know, you can't just, forgo everything for war and just say we're just going to say f it to everything yeah. so I, I like those moments like that yeah there has to be some structure in mm-hmm. place we have to we have to show that we have a government in place that can actually function despite what happens or what the results of this war are so i thought that yes. was a pretty interesting scene where what was the uh the term the the gail the yeah. yeah like the government that they were formulating and then like you said after the ira kind of splintered to like the free state versus the Republican state. And then it, it got very complicated. And what, a book I read recently, uh, boomerang by um, Michael Lewis, it got into some of the, um, the issues that uh, Ireland has faced over you know the last hundred years or so, because they had, I, I don't know, was it the 1800s? I'm not great with history. Sorry in advance, but they lost about a third of their population to to famine, starvation, and disease. And then they lost another third to uh, that migrated to other countries or to the United States. And to this day, they have not repopulated to the level that they were back in like the 1800s. So it's just kind of interesting the the issues that they've experienced over there. And then they had a banking crisis over there, uh, what, 10, 20 years ago, give or take, where that even <laughs> tore apart the economy again. So, but I do want to visit. So it seems like fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, certain parts, right? Um, yeah. I, I find Ireland history just fascinating. That's why I took 
so many history classes in college, but like none in the U.S. I just found we're, we have such a terrible and young history that I find it so much more fascinating when you can go way back longer, obviously, in other country histories. Um, and so this was this was an interesting kind of even, you know, watching Banshees last year. I mean, it wasn't about the war, but they had enough of it where, you know, they'd look across and hear the sounds of fighting. I mean, like how people were living their lives, but some obviously were more in the midst of it than others. I mean, you think about even the stuff happening now with Russia. I mean, it's happening now where places just come places and go, this is ours now. And and the wildness of that, even in modern times, just to be like, we're here now, this is now our country. It's just, you know, and so Ireland, even though it's so long, you know, the origin point is a while ago. It's just as interesting to see, you know, that's still obviously happening. So, and I love, I I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was, I like paused the movie to like make dinner or something. And I'm just talking in an Irish accent the whole time. I can't help it when I watch movies. I'm just like, it was ridiculous. I mean, I can't, I'm just all in. How about you? Uh, definitely not me. Cause as you know, I can't do any accent. <laughs> I'm terrible at all accents. It's just, honestly embarrassing when i try to perform any so no i did not have an irish accent as i was watching the movie kayla oh yeah i, I can literally count myself god <laughs> forbid when i go overseas because it's gonna be really hard for me just to like maintain how i speak and not be rude um i also like the line too when damien says towards the end as he's writing his letter and he's like it's easy to know what you are against but quite another to know what you are for i just found that kind of interesting as far as you know, it's easy to say who you hate, right? In life, whether it's war stakes or not, but another, I think, to know what you're about, kind of like, what yeah, are what are your actual about, values? So. Mm-hmm. Is it just about vengeance so. or do you, is there an underlying value that you're fighting for? So that's, yeah. I think was kind of the, the overall arching theme of the movie. And I think it's Dan who told them that in one of the cells they were in, he kind of revealed that quote to him and he, it stuck with him obviously, because that's what he wrote to, uh, uh Sinead at the end as his goodbye remarks which it seems like okay wow this weird kind of romance that they're not really quitting up they finally get to a good spot after she was freaking scalped while he was watching from the woods and then they're fine and then all of a sudden it's like okay now he's dead not cool. that scalping isn't bad, but I almost thought like that scene was going to be even worse. And I was like, oh my God, like this is horrific if I have to watch him just like I thought sitting they were through whatever. Try to yeah, I oh, thought they were sure. going to pillage sure. and rape. And, and there's no way they could have. I don't know how they sit there and they, I guess they're like, if we show up without ammo, they're going to kill us and they're going to kill them. So we need to watch. And I, if it gets to a certain point, I assume they would have jumped out. But I mean, how far does it need to get when they're scalping people and burning their house to the ground? <laughs> Seriously. I do like that. Like they're, they're these criminals, right? Uh, depending on who's kind of looking at them, but they're so they're like good boys. Kind of, kind of like how they're, they'll kill someone, but they'll let them write letters to their family and deliver it. Like they'll watch someone's house burn, but then they also all work together to help like save the wood they could and like make sure they were going to go to someplace safe. You know, it's so funny to see that because usually in movies, you're just so used to criminals being criminals. I could care less about that. Yeah, black and white, good versus bad. But this is much Mm -hmm. more in the gray area because you have different factions within the same country. And the areas are so small and the countryside is so vast that it's truly its own 
community, but there's just this like Ireland in our blood, you know, patriotic nature. So I, yeah, I thought it, thought it was fitting. So yeah, the wind that shakes the barley people. <laughs> okay. Shall I get into my movie independence day? Do it up, Kayla. All right. So, Independence Day came out in 1996. I do love a good 90s film. It was directed by Roland Emmerich. It was written by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. Uh, Starred Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, Vivica A. Fox, Randy Quaid, and Harvey Fierenstein. So, that was fun. Had a budget of $75 million and made $800 817.4 million. So yeah, made bank, made bank. Rotten Tomato score of 68 audience score percent. Uh did you you said what uh the wind that shakes the barley was, right? It was higher. It was like 90. I did say. not say the Rotten Tomato score cuz I don't I know trust you did it, but, it's not a, but, but what was it? It was like 90%, right? I just yeah, want to It might have been it. close to that. That's that's okay, movie snobs who uh, put that on there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, award. So it did win an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. And I thought most important of all the other kind of small film awards. Best was Visual that- Effects it won, Kayla? Yes, it did. Oh, wow, that must have been a rough uh, rough time back in 96. But even more importantly, Will Smith and Vivica A. Fox won Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. And that jumped out at me. The important award. There it is. Yes. At the time, the MTV awards were like, I mean, tune in television. So, yeah. Um, Fun fact. So the movie was almost called Doomsday due to the rights of the name held by a different studio. So the writers added the iconic final line. It's Independence Day in the speech to try to persuade the studio to try to fight for the rights, which ended up working out. So that's why it's called Independence Day. Better name. Yeah, the big speech doesn't work if he goes, and today is doomsday. Yeah. It doesn't quite work. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, the movie sets were recycled from other films, like Crimson Tide, Broken Arrow, and the White House interior sets were the same used in Nixon and the American President. So I always find it interesting if... I, I'm not quite on the film level where I, I can notice similar sets, but I do find it cool that I feel like in the past, it was made way more recycled as far as like actual interiors. Whole interiors were part of multiple movies. So I find that funny. The U.S. military was going to assist with the film by offering expertise, uniform, vehicles, props, but withdrew because they refused not to have Area 51 in the film. They, they would not let it go. So the military was like, nope. What are you hiding, government? What are you hiding, Mm-hmm. Is that why there's that uh, weird scene where the president goes, there is no Area 51, there's no underground bunkers, and somebody goes, well, not entirely true, Mr. President. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if they had that at the beginning, but it'd be even funnier if they just made it even bigger, knowing that they weren't going to have the military behind them. Um, and since you kind of commented on the visual effects, again, Academy Award, um, it was one of the last films to use minimum CGI. So most of the action explosions were done using miniatures and models. You can tell. And I think <laughs> I did not rewatch the whole movie, but I watched, I don't know, like 20 minutes of like clips and the big scenes and stuff. And oh my gosh, it just does not look nearly as good as effects today 
The music is way too cheesy and rough. And all I was thinking was, wow, this looks like 1970s Star Wars. And comparing that to the recent Top Gun movie, I was like, this is on a completely different level. Like, I don't even know how these are similar in any way. Yeah, it's definitely interesting seeing like kind of like the explosions top to bottom and just like, I mean, just so fun. especially knowing now what we have with just some of the ridiculous, you know, Michael Bay explosions and stuff like that. It's funny to see something like this and the differences. Uh, okay, I'm ready to do my countdown when you are. This is going to be hard for me. There's a lot going on, like way more than I thought would be in this movie going are on. Are you ready, Kayla? Okay. Three, mm. two. An alien mothership comes to Earth and deploys saucers over all major cities. Captain Stephen Halen and his unit are called back and forth of July left to defend LA, including asshole retired Captain Russell, while his girlfriend Jasmine flees the city with her son. New York City tech David Levinson becomes a signal rising as the aliens count for a coordinated attack with help from his ex-wife, who is President Thomas Wentworth with the news. The president orders evacuation so it's too late. A beam destroys every target of the city, killing lots of people. Some of them escape via Air Force One while Jasmine, Dylan, and Doc Boomer Phew take shelter. The aliens have force fields, so bombs don't work, and all of Stephen's unit dies and he parachutes down and punches an alien. He brings it back to Area 51 in the experiment after everyone learns that the US Knows, knew about aliens the whole time. The alien wakes up, uses telepathic powers to stay there, going to kill everyone and steal Earth's resources like other plans. So Jasmine and Dylan save survivors, including the president's wife, but it wasn't worth it because she dies anyways. On July 4th, David writes computer virus to affect the alien shields. He goes out with Steven to sneak into the mothership and the rest of the world, surviving military, bring it down along with nukes. Russell sacrifices himself to save everyone, and the team unites with their families. Whew. Holy shit, Kayla. That You were a rapid fire that time. Because I knew there was a lot. I had to name check a lot of people because I came back around. So 52 seconds, Kayla. Well played. Crush well it played. Crush it. Okay. I was surprised that I hadn't seen because Independence Day, I mean, I knew the speech because the speech has overshadowed the movie in that you people know the speech without seeing the movie like me. We will not go quietly into the night. No, we, will we will not, not. vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Ah! Yeah, they nailed it. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like I'm Bill Pullman, um, honestly. You know? It is. It is. I mean, uncanny. I So I assumed I would have like recognized more scenes like from cable alone. I'm sure this movie was on all the time. So I'm like, maybe I'm going to see a scene and go, oh, that's what this is from. But that didn't happen at all. So that was surprising to me as I was watching this. Another, there's a couple more surprising things. I thought Will Smith was going to be in it a lot more than he was. Like he really wasn't in it a ton. Like I assume this is Will Smith. Like it takes like 20 minutes for him to get introduced. And so I'm like, okay, this is where he's just like running things in the military. Or like, you know, he's, he's the guy and he's not in it as much as I thought. So I wonder on a rewatch if you felt the same or you already kind of sensed that. So I knew he wasn't kind of like the main, main guy in it, um, but I didn't rewatch the whole film again. I'm trying to remember what his title was. He was like basically captain and he was going out mm-hmm. and and like doing the on the ground dirty work with a good old Jeff Goldblum. But this was one of his earlier films. So it's before he really had that star power he had in in the early 2000s. So. He was still working his way up, I think. Yeah, he was bad, bad boys era. I think that was after this film. Yeah. Um, so that was surprising to me. Jeff Goldblum of it all. Can I just say, I think this is peak attractiveness, attractiveness of Jeff Goldblum. Now, as you know, I'm not a Jurassic Park fan. 
but so I, I people do love him in that film i know but i was just like i was stunned i think this was probably the film if people are huge jack goldblum stands this had to be the film where they're like wow because he's in it a ton and he looks great that 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 was i mean he's still he's still rocking it jeff goldblum you know and it, that voice is just so funny to me i'm surprised he doesn't do more narrations i guess i guess maybe because it is so singularly him but i don't know he's a good looking dude kayla mm-hmm. yes i didn't see it until this movie you know 96 was that the year jurassic park came out too so he had independence day and jurassic park same year Jurassic Park came out before, just before this, I want to say, because they used, he, he says something in this film that is, I guess, also in Jurassic Park. And some research online was like, they weren't sure if he actually said it just like he did in Jurassic Park or they dubbed it or like did something maybe after effect because they were a fan of Jurassic Park. So Jurassic um, Park was a couple of years earlier. Same okay, general okay, time period yeah. though. Um, so he was in a ton. Also, a Mrs. Doubtfire reunion between Harvey, who played the hairdresser in Mrs. Doubtfire. And then I kept looking at the the woman. I was like, why does she look so familiar to the girl? And I go, oh, it is uh, this older daughter from Mrs. Doubtfire, too. So I was like, oh, that's so funny, because I instantly recognized, like, she just looked. I go, why is she so familiar to me? Um, also, a young Mae Whitman from Parenthood. Great show. Or she's on Good good people good person i don't know some some show it's on right now so yeah so this movie i didn't dislike it but i didn't love it and honestly like i thought this was gonna be like cheesy explode which it certainly had but i thought it was gonna be like a way more like dumb action like terminator like you know and i found there was way more like explaining in this film like a ton like where they're just like constantly having discussions amongst each other about like what to do and then the science of it all and like jeff goldblum's having his bad relationship with people and there was like times where i just found my focus just kind of going like okay when are they gonna get to the aliens part of this as they're like debating what to do and and even the like the aliens are pretty cool I will say um, I'm a big fan of the comedy Mars Attacks, uh, which came out. Th- this movie actually raced to come out before Mars Attacks, which it may have been just by a few months because they knew they might have some similar alien themes. Um, I had to look that up because I thought Mars Attacks was a spoof of this movie with how similar some of the tropes are. So it's like, oh, is Mars Attacks really just a spoof of this movie? And it turns out no, because they were kind of filmed at the same time. The aliens were gross, too. I, I learned that they used KY jelly to make them, like, ex- especially goopy because it was, like, a thousand degrees in the desert where it was filmed in Vegas. Galeans <laughs> really just skeeve me out, especially when they have, like, the tentacles. And I think Will Smith says, you with your damn dreadlocks, I'm dragging through this uh, desert or something at one point. Just, ugh. No thanks. He had some good lines too. My favorite though is when he punches one punch too. This this alien that looks like the predator when it comes out, the smoke and it's like, Rrr! and then Will Smith just decks it once. Apparently, he stays knocked out the whole time traveling across the desert, and he just goes as he smokes his cigar. Now that's what I call a close encounter. I was like, I'm dead right now. I well, that was after he goes, "Welcome to Earth." <laughs> I was like, okay. Out. I was like, here we go. Here he's just dragging this alien. Like I'm like, okay, this is this is Will Smith that I know. And 
Yeah, so I was surprised at that. Like, I kind of thought, like, okay, we're going to get, like, crazy explosions, the aliens, like, them fighting more aliens on the ground. Like, I just was surprised that it was a lot of, like, conversation versus, like, and that, again, could be due to the time, the budget of graphics as we were working with miniatures. Um, but I was kind of like, okay, this is this is a little long in the tooth for this film. Um Definitely some interesting, like, we're learning about computers, so now, like, we know what viruses are for computers, like, that was the big, like, we're gonna use a computer virus to, like, stop the alien, which is just so funny to me that the aliens have all this advanced tech, they have all these shields, and they can't, like, blow them up, but, like, they're still subject to a computer virus. You know, like, LimeWire does them in, you know what I mean? They're like, no! Quick, (laughs) log on to their uh, mainframe and download something from LimeWire. All right. This is so funny to me because I'm sure at the time it was kind of like, whoa, yeah, like we don't know enough about this. Like that's crazy, you know, like high tech. And now it's like that's kind of funny to me that like they still had a computer system that could get corrupted by a virus. Um, I was very amused by the aliens. But like I said, I could use some more, you know, I could use could use some more. What, what did you think about the film? Yeah, you know, as you're describing it here, I guess uh, that would surprise me, too. I was thinking it was much more action centric from my memory of watching this, you know, 15 years ago or so, whatever it was. But yeah, I guess uh, it sounds like it's a lot of exposition and like um, Bill Pullman trying to understand what to do, which is best for the country, right? That's, that's the main driving force here. Okay. We need to evacuate. Can we, isn't there a, can we drop nukes? No, we can't do that. Cause that'll harm our own people. We need to find a way around it. And as you're describing it, I guess it's like refreshing my memory of, oh, yeah, they're really going into the strategy of how to do this more so than like, let's just blow these motherfuckers up, you know? Um, I was surprised to see Harry Connick Jr. because I, you know, like, I mean, at this time in the 90s, he was kind of having his time before he went straight to the piano keys. So, but I knew as soon as he was introduced as his like best friend, I go, Oh, he's dead, dead. Now, at what point does he die? I couldn't tell you, but when he like every, every person in his unit, Will Smith's unit was dying. I go, Oh, you're you're almost there and then he's like i'm gonna do something that is crazy and Wilson was like no like maybe just go straight so we can go home and he's like no and he's like i can't breathe and i'm like what why in the most like unattrainable situation which is an alien saucer chasing you down would that be the time that you're like oh, i'm gonna do something crazy like totally forget i can't breathe when i go to this altitude in my ship i mean wild wild and and then he did go down so sorry harry connick jr but the the most emphatic non-death that i was so happy about was boomer the dog because i my i sat up on my couch when i saw the dog in the streets as like buildings are crumbling like basically it's just like running against time and i'm like how is vivica a fox gonna go down i'm like are they gonna kill this kid uh from the little rascals like i cannot they make it to like a building as it kind of goes through, but they save the like boomer and the dog just like that is my favorite part is the dog just like galloping as like fires behind it. I mean, that's the action scene I wanted, especially after coming back from watching um Guardians of the Galaxy. I really needed a win for animals. And so that was uh, that was a special to me for sure. Um long live boomer. Yeah, you kill a dog in a movie, you are going to have such backlash. I'm, like, people just come at you for that. 
Like even uh, what I am legend, I think that was done very tastefully, and that was a uh, like a heart wrenching scene, and I think it was done very well. People got pissed at that because they had to kill Sam for the greater good. Maybe good with time. I am legend, maybe with I am legend two, and they're bringing back Will Smith who died in the movie. They'll bring back the dog. You know, let's just totally rewrite what happened. I'm just saying. You know, as Roman Roy says, you know, nothing matters. Oh, yeah, that's who you want to be quoting right now. <laughs> Maybe not today. Roy. Maybe a bad choice. <laughs> He's on ice right now. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. I also love movies with like destroyed monuments. I don't know what that says about me, but I think it's just visually it's so like, oh my God. And it was funny because as I was watching it, I go, you know what? Like I loved it in like 2012 or the end of tomorrow. Like I love that. And then I found out that he also directed 2012. So I was like, oh, this makes total sense. When you see like the Statue of Liberty in ice and like just the graphics of like monuments and places, you know, even if you don't live there just getting completely destroyed because to me it's like i always find it funny in history like all these monuments all these museums we have and eventually when the earth is like we're sick of your shit (laughs) i'm just like none of this matters long term because it's all just gonna go away you know is that too too dark of a spin what you're saying is you're not patriotic at all and you don't care about (laughs) all the things that have founded this great country of ours maybe i'm not nostalgic to our our patriotic items because they could just get wrecked with an avalanche let alone an alien attack you know so don't don't get too partial to anything because it could be gone tomorrow is what i'm saying appreciate it while you have it um yeah so that's that's my independence day take um yeah you know fourth of july aliens all good stuff shall we go to our ratings of our films why don't you go ahead and start what are you giving we have new ratings folks we we are giving halves and it's out of five vhs tapes so justin what is your rating for the win no you say it for what movie justin oh uh twtstb the wind that shakes <laughs> that's, that's the barley there. that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> the wind that shakes the barley the longest worst title in the history of cinema is two out of five VHS tapes for me. Just not a fun watch. Didn't think it was done that great. <laughs> the only thing is I liked the story and was disappointed okay. by pretty much everything else. <laughs> All right, right to the heart. <laughs> Can I say that movie was made 10 years after the movie you gave me and to me visually could have been done in the same year. Well, right? that's, how that's because it didn't have any special. Are you watch the gun scene, like the action scenes in TWTS TV? You have like stop, it... stop, no, no. <laughs> Anytime they shoot, it's like a delayed, like it. Just watch the action scenes of the shooting. It looks terrible. It sounds terrible, and it's just like, oh, I didn't even see a flash or anything, and now a guy's just. On the ground, there's no blood anywhere. There's no gun wound. It's just like, it's like I'm playing with GI Joes in the backyard. Boom, boom, ah, like just not good. Listen, it's definitely like paper, like you know the paper old guns that are like the paper cracking for the noise. Um, I guess I didn't notice as much, but now like reflecting on it, yeah, gunfire was not great. Okay, two and a two and a half VHS tapes. All right, no, I, it's half. I only gave it two. Oh, two. Two. A oh, solid I guess two. I'm giving a spoiler for my VHS rating, which is two and a half VHS. And again, we have to downsize because it used to be six. So three means a little more. Um, 
three to me is a good movie. I'd rewatch it. So it has to be two and a half for me because I, I don't think I'd watch this movie again. And I think, again, as I've said this before in other movies, sometimes it's when you watch it. So if I had watched it when it had come out, I'm sure I'd have way more of a tie to it. But watching it now in 2023, I was like, uh. And this is your me. rating for Independence Day, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. Just wanted Two to confirm that. Two and a half seems low, Kayla. I, I don't know. What would you give it? Well, I'd have to rewatch the whole movie, but. Gut instinct Off the top of your was, head. Uh, I probably would have said three, three and a half. Okay. What about, uh, what would you give uh, TWTSTV? No. <laughs> That's just going to be how I'm going to refer to it. But I have to like really think before I say it. Every time I'm like, TWTSTV, got it. Should, should we get uh, Wrong Opinions Only t-shirts and just have that? <laughs> we just start promoting the wind that shakes the barley everywhere. Yeah, that just becomes our like big thing we do is the wind that shakes the barley. Um, okay, I would give it three. I'd give it three. Okay, so you weren't like a huge fan of it. No, either. no, I wasn't like, wow, you yeah. know, no, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Uh, Killian Murphy, though, again, can't wait to see him in Oppenheimer's great stuff from him. He did great. Yeah, he was, um, okay. he was solid in it. Let's talk. Uh, well, we'll give our ratings. You need to pick a film, good sir. It is now your turn to draw for our next movie review topic. All right, we're shaking for the mic. We're shaking. We're shaking the hat up. What are we going to grab, Kayla? What are we going to grab? Something terrible? Let's see. And we have aliens. I actually grabbed aliens. You know, what a great transition from Independence Day. You know, let's just linger on the aliens. This just a little behind the scenes. That's pretty funny, Kayla. We were talking before (laughs) the uh, pod of, you know, it'd be nice if we can get this aliens one drawn. Yes. Boom. No shenanigans were used to draw it, and it came out. It's just fate telling us that they really want you to watch Arrival, because that's what I would I, be I'm you. dying to watch Arrival, so I know we'll have some time before that review, but I can't wait to watch it. And I'm excited for you to watch the movie that I will give you that was referenced in this episode. Okay, that's it for our recaps. Shall we get into our Swarly of the Week? All right. Justin, why don't you start us off? What or who is your Swarly? Swarly of the week. There's lots of Swarlies of the week for me this week. Um, I'm going to have to give it to this closet organizer, like one of those customizable closet organizers you can buy. Got it for the nursery. And it says it fits four to six foot closets. Perfect. We have a four foot closet. It'll be fine. No worries. It's one of those ones where you put in the brackets, you can move things around. Perfect for a growing child. And uh, I go in and I start working on it. And like the second step in the instructions is, oh, hey, if you have a four foot closet, you're going to have to cut this uh, this metal uh, tracking plate in half. You just assume I have stuff to cut this in half in my house. So I call up Good old uh, Swarly and his wifey, who have all of the good equipment over at their place, go over there. We cut it. All right, fine. No big deal. And then I start working on it again. And now the racking shelf for the top is about a sixteenth of an inch too long. So I have to saw off a little piece of that. And then there's a post that has to go in that instead of being four foot is like four foot and half an inch. Like it's 
it's an extra half an inch long. I'm trying to fit it in. I put a hole into my damn closet trying to shimmy it in there. So then I have to saw a half of an inch off of that piece to fit it in. Like, what the hell? If you are making something that's supposed to be able to fit a four-foot closet, you need to make things half an inch shorter. That's just standard rule for construction. You, If it's 40 inches or 48 inches, you don't make something that's 48 inches. You make it 47 and a half. So you have a little bit of wiggle room there to fit it in. Just mind-numbing construction by this uh, this little whatever the company is that I bought the damn uh, <laughs> system for. I've been so frustrated today, though. Luckily, the whole thing is up and ready to go now. I just need to repair that hole in the wall. <laughs> you know, Justin, as an engineer, I just really expected more from you to MacGyver anything into any space. Uh, well, that's what I had it. to saw the damn thing down. So <laughs> I do really hate all when I you do. like when you measure everything and you're like this and, and you don't have enough room to fit anything more than when you have. So you're like checking everything like, yes, this fits, this fits. And you get it and you're like. It's so frustrating because you're so particular about something fitting in somewhere. So I understand that frustration sucks, but you got it done. So I'm excited to see uh, where you're at in the nursery. Got it done with tons of frustration. And we haven't even (laughs) built the, uh, the crib or the dresser yet for the baby. So that'll be the next thing that I'm sure will drive lots of frustration. But the kid is going to have a stellar closet. So, I mean, crib, secondary, really, to the closet, I always say. So, yes, love it. Okay. My story of the week is going to be myself. Um, Because I realized something when I was giving you um, the AMC kind of like, hey, this movie's on AMC Plus for the trial. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get the trial, too. Because I used to have AMC, stopped doing it after Interview with a Vampire was over. And I watched Halt and Catch Fire for like the 30th time. And great show. And all of a sudden it just logged me right in and was like, oh, you want to watch this movie? And I go, that's weird. And they go, wait a minute. Did I never stop paying for AMC Plus this whole time, which has been months? And so I'm. Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. I'm a swirly in this, but I just want to say it is so annoying to me. That there's so many streaming services that you have to play the game of like, okay, I'm going to keep Peacock today and then Paramount for two more months and then Showtime till Yellow Jackets ends. And on top of that, there's a variety of ways for you to pay for these streaming. You pay through the app on Roku. You pay through your Apple phone when you, you know, get it through your phone. Like there's so many different ways. You do it online on the website. So And you can only ever cancel on the way that you paid. So sometimes you can do it from your phone. Sometimes you have to log in the computer and do it. It's so annoying. And they definitely do that on purpose to make sure it it is as difficult as possible to cancel a service. So cut it out is all I'm saying here on the pod. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in and uh, immediately cancel the free trial I did to watch uh, TWTSB. Oh, I, I screwed it up that time, didn't I? <laughs> TWTSTV. I forgot the extra T in there. God. My bad. Oh, yeah. God forbid you do. Unless AMC Plus wants to support us, in which case we will happily watch all the shows on AMC Plus, starting with Halt and Catch Fire for another time. Um, shall we get to our friendship question of the week? Justin, what is it? Our friendship question of the week. Let's see if I can word this properly. If you could just flip a switch and have all the knowledge that you would want for a specific school subject, 
what would it be, Kayla? I think you could probably already guess what subject I would pick. It was a subject that I could never truly understand in class. It was a struggle <laughs> all of my life. I truly think I have some sort of learning disability with it. And hopefully that will excuse how poorly I do in this subject, which is math. Math. Um, I hate math so much that I went to the direct opposite you can go, which is a degree of words in English, because I was like, I want what subject is the furthest away from counting. I struggled with it my whole life. So, I mean, I used to have bo- I used to read in math. That probably didn't help. <laughs> I used to have my teachers take books from me because I was like, I'm not understanding any of this. Um, funny, ironic from doing pay- going to a math position soon after college, too. Um, you know, pretty funny, but just when it comes to like some simple stuff, I'm still like finger counting baby. So <laughs> I wish I could go back and just be like great at it and not have struggled like I did. And I, it has real life capabilities that, um, I definitely, when I'm pulling out the tip calculator, um, would help me out. So yeah, math, I wish I was a little bit better at that. Like, yeah, a lot, I think actually. You know, like if you can be like, um, just a mathematician, I think that's, you can do so much with that. That'd be the way to go, but that's not really how I'm taking the question. So I would go with Spanish. I think it'd just be great oh. if I could be fluent in another language and not have to worry about it. And even if I'm going to like different countries to visit that don't speak Spanish, there's enough of a crossover between Spanish and Italian and and kind of these other languages that you can piece it together a little bit better. So and, you know, my gra- my dad uh, growing up in Venezuela, I think it would have been really cool to just be bilingual. I don't bilingual. know. Spanish is like, it's certainly a subject, but like, that's like almost like a ability or something, you know, like when I think subjects, I'm thinking like courses. I'm not thinking, well, um, if like, that I wish is... I could speak a different language. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Speak well, another that's language. a course, Kayla. That's a subject in school. Okay. Kayla. That's not where I thought you were going, Justin. Well, the reason I came up with this question is as I was watching TWTSTB, I <laughs> my immediate thought was, wow, I really wish I had a better grasp on historical events in history. So if you're saying I can't do Spanish to just know another language, I'd probably go with history then and just have a really good understanding of different time periods and global history would, would be cool because you just... It, you sound more intelligent when you understand things yes. that are happening globally and not just in your backyard. And if I'm watching this movie, I have much more of a context of, oh, okay, this is what's happening here. It's just very useful, useful information that you probably aren't going to use to like, you know, gain additional money or rewards, but it's just for you, a better understanding is going to make you just be better at understanding the world. Be a better citizen, Kayla. Oh, I love it. We're ending on such a happy note instead of a dark spiral that we normally do. I love it. Um, okay. I think that wraps it up for us this week. You know, we are kind of narrowing down some episodes uh, before Justin becomes a father and takes some time to get to know this kid that is just going to be, you know, taking all your energy for the next 18 plus years. I better Get start ready. getting some energy because I haven't had energy in a couple of weeks and I don't even have a kid yet. <laughs> Can you just get in like a pre-coma where you're just like gaining all your sleep now so that when you don't have it, you can kind of have extra? I don't know. 
kind of like a bear hibernation schedule. Let me could you, store could you up engineer my... that in time <laughs> in the next few weeks? Could you could you pencil that in to build? Yeah, let me. I'll I'll just uh, over the weekend. I'll figure that out. No worries, Kayla. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let me let me. Can't wait to see the photos of it. So, all right, I think it wraps it up for us. So we'll see you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out.